everyone. I hope you can hear us now. We've had a few technical difficulties. We apologize for that, but we are here now. And you have found us on the map, the Mental Health and Addiction Podcast. I'm Kimberly Walsh, and I'm here with my co-hosts and good friends, the amazing Andy Panda Bernstein, whoop, whoop. and the incomparable Chris Kellogg. Um, so for those of hi 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 hi. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, um, just a little background about each of us. Chris Long has been in this industry for many years, dedicating herself to working with families and helping people get into treatment. Andy has been an advocate for changing the landscape of mental health and addiction, both as the producer of Cross Check Radio with hockey legend Kevin Stevens and through his own experiences. Uh, as for me, I have many, experience, many years of experience in the recovery industry, and I now own and operate Brady's Landing, which is a sober home for women on the Cape. So we put this podcast together basically because we are passionate about reducing the stigma around mental health and addiction. Uh, we believe that the more light you sh- we shed on these topics, the less people will shun, ostracize, and otherwise punish those who suffer from mental illness and addiction. We will have the live chat open today, so please feel free to ask any questions. We will be monitoring the screen. Um, and remember to tag your friends and share this link with people who might benefit from the information we're providing. So before we introduce today's guest, we'd like to check in with one another. Um, Andy, how are things going? Chris? I'm good. So, you know, where I was in uh, New York yesterday, <laughs> which was crazy. I had to go down on a bit for, for business press, pressing business. And uh, I was down and the city was a ghost town. But I'm very encouraged because being in the epicenter of this thing, wore my mask, but they were building and they were building a lot. So I feel like they're going to bounce back. If New York bounces back, I think we're, we're going to be okay. That's how I feel. Like it, it was very positive. It was something I needed. I love the city. I was walking up and um, I walked like 25 blocks, 30 blocks. And it was just, it was so cool doing that. It was exactly what I needed. So I'm, I'm in good shape today. Nice. And my birthday's nice. on Friday. So uh, yeah. happy birthday. thank you. It's the uh, golden anniversary of me. <laughs> Isn't that like the, the paper anniversary or something? <laughs> no, that's yeah. silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I know. I love it. I know. I'm good. I'm good. Feeling good today. Good. How about, how about you? Uh, I'm all right. Um, I had like a crazy weekend. Uh, I put the phone down and did a ton of work with my husband. We spread like six yards of loom on the lawn, built some raised, uh, garden beds, planted them like crazy stuff. Just got a burned a lot of energy, pent up energy. So it was good. It was really good. Nice. What about you? What about you? Yeah, what about <laughs> you? Well, I've been working with um, my clients here, and uh, we've been doing a lot of walking, a lot of exercising to keep the uh, good um, chemicals going in the body, um, and just staying healthy, enjoying a lot of outside activities. We did a lot of, we did the lawn yesterday, so everything's mowed and looks beautiful. We've been planting, um, cultivating plants and flowers, which is awesome. And, uh, 
really just enjoying the weather finally. You were marching like uh like in stripes. <laughs> left, right, left. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. How are the how are the clients responding to it? Do they like it? They hate COVID. <laughs> no, but as far as the walking and the Oh, loving the walking. The walking and the games. Like we we've got cornhole out and um when it's dark or not, the weather's not cooperating, we play pool or darts or whatever. That's and cool. we've just been, yeah, enjoying ourselves. It's really fun. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. So, so guys, you know, yeah. I'm like a news hawk. I'm, I'm always looking what's out there in our little world. And uh, I saw, I actually read an interesting opinion column in the New York Daily News that came on May 21st. Um, and we didn't do a show on Friday, so I thought I would at least share this with you guys. If, and then we'll talk to Danny, and Kimberly will take the lead on talking to Danny. But in the meantime, so here's the opinion piece. The coronavirus is fuel on the nation's opioid addiction fire. And this was a, an opinion written on May 21st by Marsha Lee Taylor. She is the chief external and government relations officer at the Center on Addiction. And... So it starts with Melissa Etheridge announced that when her son died of an opioid, it brought back to the nation that um, the addiction crisis is is taking on families and not just M- Melissa Etheridge's. But um, some of the interesting facts is, um, or her commentary was, uh, unfortunately, the coronavirus pandemic is fueling the fire of our national addiction epidemic. Overdoses are on the rise. The combination of social distancing increased financial stress, loss of work, lack of structured time, and uncertainty about the future, plus coupled with disruption to traditional local healthcare services, creating a perfect storm for existing mental health and addiction struggles. Now, here's the key stat. Roughly 70% of Americans reported moderate to severe mental distress in the past month, which is triple the rate of 2018. And they're saying more Americans are turning to substances to cope with the pandemic-induced anxieties. And then nationally, which we've talked about on the show before, the alcohol sales have increased 55%. And in California, marijuana deliveries have increased 115%. So she's saying, you know, obviously these indicators uh, point to a substance use and mental health crisis that we can no longer afford to ignore. So two weeks ago, a uh, report came out uh, from the National Overdose Detection Program indicated that overdoses increased an average of 20% between January and April of 2020 compared to the same period last year. And that comes from the Wellbeing Trust in the American Academy of Family. The physicians, you know, pay attention. The physicians recently predicted that deaths from al- drugs, alcohol, and suicide, the deaths of despair, have been on the rise and will increase by another 27,000 to 150,000 total by the end of this decade. So obviously the system is broken. And so one of, one of the things she says is, um, you know, it's lack of insurance coverage, inadequate supply of specialists, subpar reimbursement for services, insufficient training for healthcare providers, poor oversight of treatment quality, stigma against patients and the treatments that are, most effective all add up to a system that is ill-equipped and then never mind the COVID. So she believes Congress needs to um, provide equity, equity, 
adequate funding for mental health and substance abuse services and have a public health uh, approach to address it. And um, so so that's kind of the issue. And while it's been laid out by Trump and Obama in previous reports, um, you know, it's a problem. So I'm throwing it out to you guys. What do you think about that? Well, I'll just say that, you know, this is nothing new. Like this is not new news. It's, it's been put on the back burner on the extra stove, you know, in the back of uh, the trailer and it has nobody's, nobody's talking about it that has any particular power. We are all talking about it. Right. We're all talking about it because it's on our forefront. We're seeing it every day. Right. I mean, treatment centers are full, like they're busy. Um, Sure. But this next wave that's going to happen is it's scary. It is like, it's almost like I don't want the economy to open up because I'm scared of what's going to happen because we've already started to see it. The suicides are going to start. They're going to skyrocket. They're going to absolutely skyrocket. Yeah. I mean, you read about 23 year olds. Whenever I read a paper in a, uh, an article in the paper, like there was, I read something today. I told you I'm a news hawk. I read an article today about a kid, uh, an actor, 23, oh no, a soccer player, 23 years old. Family respects private, you know, would like you to respect the privacy of the family at this time. Well, what does that mean? Right. It's either one of two things. It's either an overdose or suicide, in my opinion, because I mean, privacy. I'm speculating. Right. So what's but, the, so we've got all this, the, all this <laughs> negative. What's the, what well, the that's solution? what she's saying. We need Congress to, you know, we have the roadmap. We know what we need to do, but we need Congress to really get behind this. Um, and improving their, um, you know, best practices and, and really try to um, get behind it. Now, how do we do that? I think, mm-hmm. you know, you have Cindy Friedman, Senator, State Senator Friedman, who is awesome. And she's, you know, she passed a bill, uh, you know, they're passing a bill, they're working very hard at it. But I, I, don't, I think, you know, continuing to do what we're doing, because you can only control what you can control to make it to the forefront. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure Danny might have some thoughts about it too when we get to Danny because he works in the industry. So, you know. Yeah. Why don't we bring him out now? It's a good segue. Let's, how about that? <laughs> Danny, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. No video though, just your picture. Is that what you really? intended? No. Uh, we want to see that face, Danny. There we there go. He is. Is. <laughs> there right. he is. There he is. Um, you know, spot on with everything you uh, you folks have been talking about this morning about, uh, you know, mental illness. And um, and as somebody said, you know, this has been ongoing, but this certainly the COVID has fueled the fire, if you will. And that wave is coming. Um, I'm right now I'm busy. I, I'm still making referrals to uh, treatment, working with impaired professionals, young adults. Older adults, I mean, it just doesn't, uh, you know, it, it's it's ongoing. And it, we're starting to hear more of the, you know, the anxiety, the depression, the, you know, the uh, uncertainty uh, people are really experiencing now. And, um, you know, the Karen Treatment Center, as you know, I'm the regional vice president for all of New England for Karen. And I have like six or seven of us on the ground 
boots on the ground running uh, at different capacities at Karen doing development, uh, our educational alliance, business development, etc. However, we haven't been together a long time. We've been doing a lot of this, um, you know, using different platforms, which I find, you know, as a silver lining for me as an addiction specialist, um, uh, really helpful because uh, I'm still I'm still able to connect with people. Actually, more so now because it, it's easier for people to, you know, get together like this face to face, and and have a nice conversation. It's actually less threatening, if you will, at some capacity. Yeah, absolutely, um, Danny. I don't mean to I don't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to introduce you and give you a little bit of your bio first. Uh, okay, before, I'm sorry. Yeah, before you jump in, no, I'm it's okay. A new kid here. <laughs> Um, and then if you could, if you could, Dan, just put, tilt your camera down a little bit because we only see those this much. There we go. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm in my cold so, attire. There you go. <laughs> so um, Dan Lynch has more than 30 years experience in the field of substance use disorders and behavioral health services. He is an advocate of treating both the cause and the effect of substance use disorders with um, with, and he's been working with professional athletes, entertainers, um, high executives, and he's personally been in recovery for over three decades, which is amazing. Um, he's currently the regional vice president for Karen, Boston, New England, uh, and uh, a certified intervention special, uh, professional and a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. Now, just a little bit about, uh, about Dan. When Dan came to visit uh, Brady's Landing, I think we talk more about each other's passion for music than anything else. Dan's a <laughs> singer, man, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He truly has a voice and he can, can command an audience like no other I've seen. Um, so that's my intro, Dan. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. And um, um, it's nice to be here. And, and getting back to, um, I kind of jumped ahead, but I want to get back to how do we get the message out, right, about what's going on. And certainly using your local uh, politicians, state reps, state senators, and onto the, gov- uh, the Congress using your, your, your U.S. senators and your congressmen. And, and, and it's really close to my heart because I, I actually had Karen, if you will, uh, become members of the New England Council. And the New England Council is made up of thousands of companies throughout New England where each week there is a, a, a breakfast seminar, you know, a state senator or a congressman or the governor may speak in front of a couple hundred people. Now we're doing it like this. So it's, it's been great for me. Uh, before the pandemic, I was going into, uh, you know, uh, Beacon Street and going, attending these, uh, these breakouts, these breakfasts. And, and it, was, it allowed me to get out and introduce myself to uh, people in other sectors, if you will, right, finance, Healthcare, um, you name it, and uh, so that's one way I've been able to get the message out. Um, the other thing is too. I don't know if you folks have ever heard of the the NATAP. NATAP mm-hmm. is a national organization who represents us, the the, the substance abuse and mental health uh, community industry. And NATAP is a, a national voice. They're, they're our lobbyists, if you will. The National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers. NATAP. And, you know, and that's another way that we can get our voice heard uh, on a national level. And I, you know, I haven't seen or been actually seen what they've been doing over the last number of months uh, in relation to uh, what we're talking about. 
But certainly, if you guys, uh, you folks get a chance to check out NATAP, see where they are with uh, legislation, policy, uh, what they're asking for. Uh, we we certainly do have a voice, both you know locally and nationally. So those are some other ways you may want to get somebody from NATAP to coin the show. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so in any event, um, Danny, could you tell us a little bit about your story? My story. Your story, your recoveries, your oh your boy, recovery. you don't want to hear that. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you the light version. Um, I'll just quickly say that, uh, you know, for years prior to stopping, uh, not giving up drinking, um, I knew from the age of 18 that I had a drinking problem, but it took me another 10 years to finally um, uh, admit that I had a problem. But bridging that acceptance, I finally accepted the fact that I can probably, I probably can't drink anymore. Alcohol is not agreeing with me, but I need professional help to kind of help me get through this. So when I was 28 years old, I, in 19, December 6, 1983, wow, um, I went to a place called uh, Beach Hill Hospital in Dublin, New Hampshire. And um, I stayed there for, I didn't stay a full 30 days, whatever it was at the time, but I got out on Christmas Eve day. And I was, I remember driving home down Route 3 and seeing the Boston skyline and the sun was going down and it was Christmas Eve. And I was saying to myself, am I going to be able to do this? At the time, my mom had cancer. She was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. That's one of the reasons why they let me out so early. So I went immediately went to my mother's house and uh, checked in on her and then ran to my first AA meeting um, uh, post-treatment. And Quite simply, you know, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, I've been doing the, the deal ever since, uh, being a sober man, you know, attending meetings and um, got, got, got right involved uh, out of the gate, got a sponsor and did all the things that I was told to do when I was in treatment. And, um, and you know, all that hard work that I put in the first 10, 15 plus years going on retreats and doing 12-step work and uh, just really working, working uh, the fellowship, and um, and here we are, thirty six years later. <laughs> and that's obviously your your experience in recovery is what brought you to doing what you do now um, with with the, with Lynch Wellness as well as with Karen, correct? Yes, you know, and you know, as for those who are in sobriety, you 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 know, you come to realize, boy, things do get better. And, uh, and if you keep doing what you're supposed to do, you know, you, you set yourself up for opportunity. And when opportunity knocks, you are present, you're ready. And so I've been able to, uh, you know, from where I came from, uh, living in a South Boston in a housing project uh, for a lot of years with the mom raising five kids on welfare. And I was a terror um, to see where I am today as a sober man, having my own private practice in Norwell. I have an, uh, an office condo that I own. Um, I started my own private practice. Uh, got in the industry working with, you know, AdCare Hospital over the years and, and with Karen now for over well over 15 years, becoming the regional vice president of that organization. And, you know, it's just incredible. Um, uh, so I got into the industry when I was, uh, and I had no intentions of getting here. Um, I, quickly, I'll just say that, 
I was I went back to school. I was working at the state house at the time, and I just wanted to get into political science. I was I thought I was going to be a politician, and uh, I can see somebody, that. <laughs> somebody approached me and said, "Danny, you should check out this course over here on addiction." I'm like, "Nah, I don't want nothing to do with that. I'll just do you know." And somehow I got talked into it, and lo and behold, a year later, I'm I'm in the industry, and um, and so here we are. What a god shot! That's awesome. Yeah. So, so tell us about what you're doing with Karen and, and what kind of uh, treatment they've got set up. Well, you know, I didn't even know what Karen was. I'm Karen who, how do you spell it? You know, I thought it was a woman's name and it's C-A-R-O-N, Karen.org. And so at the time I was working for AdCare Hospital and I was approached to uh, uh, interview for a job down there. So I, I did. And then, you know, again, that was, probably between 15 and 20 years ago. And, um, and I started working there with built this organization, you know, it's a, Karen's been a, a treatment provider for over 60 years and we treat everyone from 13 to 113. That's kind of like, you know, uh, we have a adolescent program, young adult program, uh, adult program, older adult program, which is phenomenal because we just built uh, two years ago a state-of-the-art um, medical center that is like, you know, you see this beautiful building in Warnersville, Pennsylvania, on the hills of Warnersville, and there's this gorgeous building that could be fit, it could fit right into the Mass General. You know, it's really sophisticated. And so we've been able to really hone in our, on our older adult population that are very sick when they come to treatment, you know. Um, in addition to that, we have, you know, we're a non-for-profit, so part of my job is I, I do, you know, I do placement, I do fundraising, I do event planning. Um, we I, Every year we host a gala, which is- I been, was there. Yeah, we, you know, well, this year we got, we're supposed to be in May, and we pushed it back to October. Now we're thinking we're going to go virtual, and we may have a virtual uh, a gala this year, standby. Um for, for that. So we have a, a event planners that are working with us and I'm starting to lean towards, you know, this could be really good. So I'm seeing that a lot of other organizations are doing this and they're exceeding their goals. Uh, more, more and more people are participating. Let's com- wow. I, I agree with you. It's actually um, uh, less commitment in a sense, you know, where you don't have to drive somewhere or take the afternoon. You know, it's funny. I did a, uh, I recently did a Bruin special um, with a colleague on Zoom, and we brought back the 1970 Bruins, uh, mm-hmm. a reunion. We had 7,500 people watch, 7,500 views, wow. right, and, and on Facebook and Foxborough wow. cable access television, of course. But, you know, we, we looked at it and like, wow, right? This is, you know, people are so busy and having such time constraints and having you know, to be able to to just participate in something without, you know, taking up the entire day to from whatever. I mean, it could be a really great way to uh, an approach. So I agree with you. Plus, you only have to dress from the top up. That's right. <laughs> you can wear Mack Weldon sweatpants, which they always yeah. advertise. On. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say, I have to say that, uh, you know, there's nothing like being in, in a place with other people, there's, there's uh, particularly with our galas, they've been really kind of uplifting and 
spiritual and people just leave their film really good, you know? Uh, so that piece I'll miss. But um, the, another side of that is that, you know, one of our board members, so we have a regional board as well, made up of all professionals who are friends of Karen in, in some different capacities. And one of them said, uh, he said, you know, I think this year, he says, I, I, I'd like to know that um, I don't have to go out on a Tuesday night for a chicken dinner and knowing that my money is going mostly towards, the is now going towards the cause, the mission. Interesting. That's a know? good point. Yeah. Um, but in any event. Danny, well, tell us about, you know, because there's so many different treatment centers out there, and I, I'm by no means an expert or what have you, but, um, you know, and Chris, obviously, Chris and Kimberly can speak more to it, but what's your approach to treatment? How does Karen differ from a lot of the other facilities out there? Well, you know, with so many different ones, advertising, what have you, you know, everyone has a different approach or a lot of them have different approaches. So what's your approach to as Karen? Uh, it's interesting, you know, and I, and I don't want to sound like, you know, we're not uh, cookie cutter, you know, that kind of thing. You know, first of all, just think of the history. I mean, Karen's been treating addictions uh, for over 63 years. So that in itself says something. So what I found over the years when, you know, when I was consulting and on my, out on my own, I would travel around the country and visit all of these different facilities and programs because as an interventionist, you know, it's my duty to put uh, two or three treatment options on the table for families when they're looking for treatment. I still don't do that today. Um, and so I needed to find out who was doing the good work, who's really doing the good work, who's, where's the quality of care. Um, who is uh, ethical, um, how long you've been in business. I wanted to meet the chef, the therapist, the, 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 the groundskeeper. I, you know, I just wanted to see it all because, you know, as you know, if I'm sending a loved one across the country to treatment, my name's on it. And, right. and guess what? That family member is coming back here and I'm dealing with the family that is here. So, you, you know, you have to be very careful about – uh, how you approach and, and re make recommendations to treatment. As far as the treatment, what's different? What I love about Karen is, you know, on the front end, um, medical, the, the safety of an individual, the, the medical component is very important to me, that, that we need to get a person, by the time I get the call, they're in bad shape, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And on the physical side, you want to make sure that you're treating that individual um, with the with the top notch detox protocol in place, so that that person can stabilize over the course of three, seven, ten days in a comfortable, safe way. Because a lot of people, particularly older adults, come in with complicated medical conditions: heart, kidney, liver. You know, Nana's an opiate addict. Drink pouring alcohol on it. You know, mm -hmm. prescribed yeah. medic pain meds for twenty, thirty years. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, the, on the front end, the medical piece is important to me. Uh, the clinical team, the treatment team, they, they all have to be, you know, top notch certified. Uh, the treatment, you know, we have Karen also has a uh, on Sundays, they do this uh, Sunday service. And it's just absolutely mind blowing. I've actually been there a number of times where for two hours, I'd be sitting there crying, just watching these kids and families get up and tell their stories. And so there's a magic there with that. And then the other piece that I always look for in treatment, which Karen does very well, 
is the family education program, that okay. the family is involved in the treatment plan, that we're making sure that we're not only taking care of the individual, that we're taking care of the family. We have a tagline that says, uh, the patient is the family and the family is the patient. And so That's those awesome. are those three things there. Um, and, I, you know, my name is on Karen. And, you know, I've sent a number of close friends and close closer friends uh, to Karen over the years. And that's how much I, I care about them. I hope that answers that's, your question. Yeah. And so then part two of that question is, is how do you incorporate Lynch wellness and maintain that um, kind of editorial content? You know, so not... Um, like, tell us about Lynch Wellness and how, how it intertwines uh, with uh, Karen, or does yeah. it? Yeah, no problem. You know, um, now that I'm full time with Karen, I, I Lynch Wellness is uh, something I do in the weekends at nights, um, outside of uh, what I do with Karen during the day. Uh, but they do into you know they intersect. Um, again, if if I'm wearing a hat of an interventionist, you know. I'm putting two or three options on the table for the family as far as what treatment place uh, facilities would be appropriate. And so that's how I do that. Um, and so, you know, some, in a lot of cases, the, the client or the family may be appropriate for Karen. So I'll certainly recommend that. Um, but I keep it separate and it's a, an agreement I have with Karen when, when, when we, uh, when I got together with them again, that, uh, I would still be able to do uh, what I do best uh, in my private practice on my time. So it's worked out well. That's great. I mean, that sounds similar. Oh, sorry, Kimberly. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to, I'm probably going to agree with you, Andy. That sounds great. I love the fact that, that Karen um, focuses on uh, the family and the patient. The patient is the family. I love that. That's so important as well as the fact that they have an older you know, program for older adults. It's a very um, underserved population in the addiction industry. Yeah, why so is that? Why is that? Why is it underserved? Yeah, I mean, what, what is this? Is that more alcohol related or is that more opiate related? Why is the uh, seniors a, um, you know, yes. a, a, what what's the rationale for why seniors have are, are struggling? It would be interesting because, to know that. So when I worked for uh, a treatment center in Florida, they had a 35 plus program and I loved it because it was 35 plus. But what you run into is you have people that are like executives or have jobs that they can't take that time away. They're, they're the breadwinners in the family. Uh, this particular program allowed them to be able to get the treatment and then also to some degree uh, be able to participate in their everyday work life, which... I find is really important because it helps them balance work a little bit of life and also get treatment, you know, and you, that's what happens. I mean, these people go back to these jobs and we know that their jobs aren't going to change. So the pressures are going to be the same. So if we give them treatment while they're somewhat still involved in job and have those pressures and give them the tools, it's, it's, it's just, you know, you can't put a 45 year old alcoholic in a group with, a 22-year-old heroin addict. It's, heroin addict, yeah. It's not the same treatment. It's very. That's very true. Um, if we're, I think in speaking about even older adults, um, that's what that's the type of program you have there too, Danny. Right? 
Yeah, and you know, in uh, all of our programs, and I, you know, I don't want to forget about our other program down in Florida, which is a three-month Karen Renaissance, which was a three-month program, pretty much geared towards a middle-aged, uh, younger population, if you will, that 19 to 20, 30-year-olds. Um, and then they also have Ocean Drive, which is our signature program. Karen has two, two, two types of different programs. They have our core programs, which are the traditional 28, 31-day programs for adults, adolescents, et cetera. And then we have our signature programs, which are our older adult, our executive programs. Uh, for those who, like somebody just said, uh, Chris, I believe, um, that uh, if you know, I take somebody off Wall Street or I take a physician or not so much a physician, but a finance person that you know, was probably running his own company or running businesses and needs to be in touch with the outside world, um, you know, while he's in treatment. We've designed programs for that population so that they can, you know, use their own cell phone, take their laptop and use those um, uh, and be able to use them when, when it's appropriate. You know, they have to complete their treatment, their clinical day, and then, you know, schedule some time to uh, reach out to the outside world. And so uh, we've really designed our executive programs uh, and our older adult. The older adults, you know, the stigma behind it. What do you mean grandmother's an opiate? Well, Dr. So-and-so has been prescribing pain pills to her for the last 30 years. Now she's lost her husband or something. She's going through grief and loss. She's got pain and she's pouring alcohol on top of it. She's a very, very sick woman. And we have to be very careful how we treat. And, you know, most of your older adults that come into treatment today um, uh, come in with like 10, 15 different prescriptions. And they're taking oh, all these pills and pouring alcohol on top of that. So they're, they're very toxic. And, and it's, a, it's a, you know, and, and they come in with dementia-like symptoms. Uh, they're in walkers. They're in wheelchairs. They're on canes. And two weeks later, you take the alcohol, the drugs out of the system. Next thing you know, they're throwing the cane away. to step. They're getting out of the chair. They're remembering things, and we come to find out that most of this stuff was alcohol induced or drug induced. But nobody, you know, like the the the, the parents, or the the sons and daughters of these older adults, or the grandchildren, just what do you mean, Nan is an alcoholic or Nan is a drug addict, and so. Uh, we're seeing a, you know, we're 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 completely full in on, in PA at our older adult program. We, I think we have like 15 beds for older adults. They stay right in the medical center. It's perfect for them. And we're currently breaking ground now. We're building a state-of-the-art medical center in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, where we're going to probably have 25 beds for older adults. Because as we heard this morning, the tsunami, the wave of mental illness. In addition to that, the wave of older adults, because we're all getting older, me included, um, mm. you know, we're all, you know, the, the baby boomers. And and we're starting to see a real, real um, uh, high flow of people in need at that age group. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great. I see it all the time coming through because we cater to an older female demographic too. And they come in with this, this just litany of different medications and ailments and but you're right once they start to once the toxins leave the body they begin to they're alive again 
you know, and it, it's hard. It's hard for ha- taking something you've done for 30 years and changing it as opposed to taking something you've done for 10 years and changing it, you know, it's a little bit different. So that, I mean, I think it's an important uh, segment of the population that, and I'm glad to hear that Aaron addresses it so specifically. Danny, can you <laughs> quickly speak to, because we could talk to you all day. You're fascinating. Fascinating. Um, can you talk quickly about insurance and, um, you know, what kind of insurance do you guys take? And, um, you know, and if, if somebody actually needs help and Karen's not the right fit per se, you can help them as well. I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, insurance is one of my fortes. Um, so I always leave that to our admission specialists. Okay. Um, but, Currently, which is great, is that uh, we're currently uh, using insurances now. We, we, we do a lot of work with Blue Cross Blue Shield, particularly in Pennsylvania. But, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, the last few clients that I've sent to treatment were able to utilize their insurance from Massachusetts. So we're working with Blue Crosses across the nation. We're working with, uh, I think we're sitting down with Aetna. Um, uh, just quickly, what, what has happened is that, you know, years ago, I think Doug Tiemann, uh you know, had an issue with with insurance companies over 20 years ago and told Blue Cross, we're not working with you anymore. We're not allowing you to dictate how we treat and how long we treat a patient. This is what we do. And so we left, we left all the insurances on the table and we created this uh, philanthropy fundraising uh, mechanism that just took off. And because we were able to put together a solid company uh, that's in real good shape financially, we were able to provide quality care. So with the quality care, the insurance, you know, with, with, the, with the epidemic of the opioid epidemic, which really kind of opened the eyes up for everyone looking at addiction now in a different way, um, the insurance company came back, Blue Cross came back and wanted to sit down with Doug team and he, they said, you know, we did a survey on three or four treatment facilities around the country, and you came back as the top treatment provider that had less recidivism or less relapse. Um, nice. And so now we want to sit down and work with you because we're up against it here. And so we negotiated, uh, uh, you know, a deal that uh, made sense for both uh, the insurance provider and, and Karen. So now we're taking insurance, and it's great because what we're able to do now is treat more people. Um, gotcha. You know. So we are taking insurances, uh, although I do leave that up to the admission specialists. There's an 800 number, you know, 800-678-2332, and uh, there's probably 10 admission specialists ready and able and willing to, you know, take on uh, any case that comes their way. Awesome. Thank you. So, Danny, that. how can – Thank you so much. How can you, how can people reach you if they need to get in touch with you? What's the best way? Um, well, we, if, if they want to get in touch with me through Karen, we do have a Boston number. I forgot it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll have it on our, on the show notes. Yeah. It's, uh, um, and then, you know, certainly my cell phone, I don't have a problem with that. Um, uh, my cell phone is 781-544-3008. Uh, the office line, uh, which is, a, we have a regional office in Norwell, which is okay. the office I own. 
Um, and that number is 781-371-5702. Um, so that's the way you can reach me. Um, uh, at my email, uh, dlynch at karen.org. Um, and I wanted to make sure before we sign off, uh, I don't know how much time we have, but I, I wanted to let you folks know about some um, um, some articles and, and, and blogs that we currently have Great. out there that are really useful for everybody that you're in, in touch with throughout the year. Great. And if you don't mind, unless you have other questions. No, I do no, have one last do. question. I do have one last question, but let's. this is more – uh, I wanted to hear about your music career real quick, but uh, um, but uh, let's talk about the, uh, the information and resources that you have. Well, I had uh, our, our um, uh, marketing director down in PA. I told him I was doing this today and they were very excited. And I said, you know, do you have some talking points or some things I should, you know, remind uh, you folks that we're doing, you know, as uh, behind the scenes, if you will. And, uh, so we have a couple, and I think I, I sent an email with uh, with the page uh, of this stuff. Yes, you got the bio. Just mm-hmm. quickly read, you know, the articles were on Reader's Digest, MSN, The Healthy, What Happens to Your Body When You Binge Drink. There's a link for that. USA Today on the Impact of Mental Health and Substance Use Disorder right now. Uh, Karen CEO Doug Tiemann is on that link. Check it out. Uh, today's show online, why social distancing is the perfect opportunity for kids to quit vaping. Very, very uh, important uh, piece that we, you know, we're down with. Uh, and then we have some Karen blogs. We uh, One is uh, failing grief over loss of normalcy, um, helping kids cope with schools, camps being closed, uh, conquer anxiety without self-medicating, Seven recovery tools that can benefit everyone right now. And then on the other side, um, additional resources. This is a, a key thing. I really want you folks to take a look at this if you can. Karen launched a free digital learning platform for parents, professionals. Highlights include a nicotine cessation program, education on families and addiction, and more. Perfect for a quarantine because it's free and available for everyone. It's convenience. And then the last thing is My Child in Addiction Parent-to-Parent Podcast. Um, there's a link there, too. So if you, if you need me to resend those things to you, uh, this, this page to you, I will. But I wanted to get that out there. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll and we'll post it. For it. Sure. Yep. Yeah, we'll post it for sure. Those are great, great resources, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah good. That's great. Uh, tell us, tell us, give us a, a quick, uh, quick synopsis. You know, you've been sober for... 30 some years and you, um, you know, obviously there's more to you than just, you know, being in recovery. You obviously have other things that are important in your life. What do you do in the way of music and how, how has that, uh, transpired, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Oh, thank you. You know, and that, that's a part of my life, which I've been, you know, I'm kind of, setting myself up for the next song, if you will. Um, I said, if I set the studio up, maybe I'll write another song, you know? So I'm in the process of doing that. The last, so I've been singing all my life. I mean, right out of high school, I, you know, I had long red hair um, and uh, I was playing. Ginger. 
and all the pubs <laughs> in South Boston and Boston for like 10 years off and on. And then, you know, the years went along and I was, I had a GB band, general business. Um, and I had a five piece band where I played a lot of weddings and corporate events. I was like the wedding singer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then um, in 2010, I had a wonderful experience out in California. And I told the woman that I went to visit her facility. I said, you know what? Um, I'm going home to write a song about you. Her name was Velvet. Ran a sober living for women in California. And I sat down in my office in 2010 and I wrote my first song, Stay in the Love. That was her tagline with her company. She always had, you know, in all her marketing materials, Stay in the Love. So I wrote Stay in the Love. And uh, that was in 2010. I got the bug. I get in the studio and I'm like, oh, this is my sanctuary right here. Oh, don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Happy place. Years, I've written five songs. Um, the only time I've gone out is I've done last two years. I did two big uh, uh, concerts. Uh, it was a fundraiser for the Social Peer Recovery Social uh, Insituate, where a friend of mine owns a marina, set up a huge tent, big production. I opened up one year. I opened up for James Montgomery. I had a ten-piece band. <laughs> it was unbelievable. My band was off the charts. Everybody was dancing. So the, the committee called me the next year. And I'm, I'm not trying to boast here, but I'm going to tell yeah, you. Boast. Um, they said, we don't want James Montgomery this year. We want you as the headliner. And they put a dance floor in the following year. Ah. And I had a 10-piece band, horn sections, vocalists, top the best, some of the best musicians in, in New England. But Count Basie and his orchestra, right? Yeah, they were all, be, you know, Berkeley grads, and they all teach, and they're just, you know, you send them out the charts, you know, two weeks before we do one rehearsal, bang. I mean, they were able to play. So that's what I've been doing. I, I love music. I've been singing all my life. Um, I have four guitars here. I have a keyboard I'm sitting in front of. Um, I'm able to record. I have congas. You know, I'm crazy. I got all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. That, we'll definitely have to have to get together, Danny. I've got I just had all my my music stuff shipped in. I've got my speakers and my mixing board and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah you'll be like peaches and herb. <laughs> peaches and cream. Be no, remember yourself, peaches Andy? and herb? Like uh, <laughs> I remember I think so. <laughs> reunited, reunited, and it feels reunited. So good. Yeah, feels so good, right? Showing your age now, buddy. I know, right? Fifty, fifty. The other thing I love is golf. I tell you, you know, when we talk about mental illness and, you know, I think the biggest thing we can do right now is get out and walk, get out and exercise. Yes. Um, you know, my health club has been closed down for months, but if I'm not playing golf, golf, which is a, it's a six mile walk at the end of the day, maybe it's for sh shorter for those who can really play. Um, but I'm walking <laughs> six miles a day playing golf. And if I'm not playing golf, I'm out walking three miles. And I'll, t I'll close with this. We're going down Saturday to a Kusnet, to a breeder, and I'm picking out a puppy. It's a fox red lab. Aww. Oh, my God. What? So Lola can change our life. I'm home here with my wife and two boys that are 24 and 25, and I'm, you know, I, I got a feeling that once the pandemic's over, I'll be left with the dog, but everybody's excited. So, yeah, I'm getting a puppy. You awesome. have to take me with you. I'm looking for I'm I'm looking for a puppy or a, or a rescue dog. One of the two. Oh, I will, wow. Gotta give me that information and I'll and I'll check with you. Will you come back, Dan? Huh? What's the pause? 
Okay. All right. Pause. Yeah. I, I will check it out. I will check it out. Will you come back and join us another time, Dan? I will. I'd love to. I hope I wasn't too chatty. I everybody get a chance to ask the questions that I hope I covered. <laughs> Try to cover a lot in a short time. So, and you know, us, all of us being cooped up, um, I have a lot to say. <laughs> no problem. We loved it. You guys, did you have any other questions, Andy or Chris? I'm, no, I'm, I'm really delighted. Oh, 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 you folks, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. No, you're delighted about what? I'm delighted that you folks, you know, uh, there's folks like you out there doing this. Um, it's real important work that you're doing. And I applaud you because, uh, you know, we're up against it all the time. You're like somebody said earlier, it seems like we're on the back of the, the you know, the, the train or the back of the room. Like every, there's all these other issues that come first. Uh, and, and we seem to be in the back and we're always trying to push ahead, you know. And this, these are, this is one way we can get it done. So the more vocal we are um, across the board, you know, I, I think, you know, people are going to start to realize this is serious business. It is serious business. Thank you for saying that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I think that is our show for today. Um, you can, you can join us again on Friday at 930. We want to say thank you again, Dan, for coming on. You were wonderful and appreciate all the information and the resources. And we'll get that up, uh, post that on our Facebook page. And we welcome you back. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great thank day, everyone. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Enjoy the sunshine. Yep. <laughs> and thank you all, everyone else, all of our listeners, for your support of our mission. And uh, like I said, we'll see you again on Friday at 930 and have a great rest of your week. And you've been listening to The Map. The Map. Hi, all. Hi. Hi. Bye. Bye.